Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman, and if there's one thing I believe, it's that you're capable of making your dreams a reality and that the world needs you to be living out your purpose. One thing I love is to chat with people doing impactful work in hopes that we can all learn something from the conversation. Not to mention, we get to apply all of that wisdom to our own journey. Each week, you will hear just that here at the Radiant Podcast. So without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome back to the Radiant Podcast, and this week we have another guy joining us. I am so excited to introduce you to my new friend, Justin Zarati. He is the founder of These Numbers Have Faces, a social enterprise investing in the next generation of African leaders, and is now the president of Giving Fuel, a fundraising platform empowering thousands of organizations worldwide. But today we're here to talk about his new book, recently released, Made for These Times, about stepping into your purpose. It's a startup guide for stepping into what you are made to do. I am so excited to chat with Justin, and I know you're going to love our conversation. So let's get to it. Hey, Justin. Hey, Kelsey. How are Uh, you? Great. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. You know, I was just saying, I I think we're going to have a lot to talk about. I love your work. I love what you're getting to do. And I think my Radiant Tribe is going to love hearing from you and hearing your story. So I would love for you to kind of tell us who you are, what you do, all the things. Sure. Happy to. My name is Justin Zarati. Uh, I'm the author of a new book called Made for These Times. A bit of my story. I uh, grew up in California, uh, went to, to college down in Santa Barbara, uh, left college, felt like I needed to just get out, try something new. Uh, I felt this kind of deep calling that it was time to really kind of leave where I was and, and really get out there. And so I, uh, I moved to Belfast, Northern Ireland uh, to do peace and conflict work with Catholic and Protestant young people and had this crazy year living in Ireland and experiencing new things and I was depressed and all the rest, but had, but had a, a really powerful <laughs> time. And then that led me then to working in Cape Town, South Africa with Habitat for Humanity. I was also leading a, a soccer trip there as well of, of students from Ireland down to uh, Cape Town, South Africa. And that that was where my life really changed. And I, um, I met these amazing young people, these high school students who wanted to go on and study in college or start a, a business of, of, of their own and didn't have the opportunity. And something just ignited ignited in me to kind of rally and kind of turn my whole life toward that little, like a little project. And then what uh, ballooned from there was like trying to help one young person. And then it kind of went on from there. And now we impact about 20,000 lives a year kind of throughout East and Southern Africa. So it's been a really, a, a pretty wild ride. Wow. Yeah. It sounds like it. And, and can you kind of like put into perspective over how many years did this, you know, come into play. I mean, you were in Cape Town. Did you come home? Did you start right there? What happened next? Yeah. So this was 2006 is when I traveled there for the first time. And yeah, it was, I lived there for a little while um, and then moved up here to Portland, Oregon, where I live now. And, you know, so it was about 2007. And one day I was sitting on a park bench in downtown Portland and I felt this kind of deep calling and it was saying, you know, Justin, will you deny for others what you demand for yourself? Are you going to take opportunities for you and then not allow others to have some of the same opportunities? And that just floored me, I think. And I, uh, I call that a moment of obligation. And it's this kind of special time in someone's life where they just feel something small. And, you know, it always starts small. It always starts as this tiny little invitation that I think has a deep kind of human or spiritual sense. 
and when we say yes to that tiny small things, uh, I think that great things happen. And so I said yes to that. This is like 2007, 2008. Started the organization from my couch. It's called These Numbers Have Faces, which was all about empowering and investing in uh, young leaders throughout uh, throughout Africa. And I ran the organization for, for uh, 10 years and we just grew a lot and I got to do amazing things and travel the world and kind of learn a lot about myself and, you know, change lives and have and then have uh, my life changed in the uh, process of, of course. And which then leads us to uh, today where now I've been able to put a, a, a book out about it. And it's been great to just kind of see uh, all these small little things just turn into something much, much bigger. Yeah. So would you say, have you gotten a lot of feedback? I know it launched, you know, at the time of recording last week, have you already gotten a lot of feedback with people who are kind of inspired to, to make change or to do something? Yes, because I think that we have this weird notion, Kelsey, where we think that, you know, because we aren't like we didn't go to Harvard or something or because, you know, we didn't grow up in this like billionaire family or because we didn't have X, Y, Z then therefore we just aren't aren't able to do something amazing in the world and i just so much of the uh, book is about ordinary people who choose ordinary tiny little things and then just help them grow into extraordinary things. And I think that people have really, really resonated because the main message is like, you feel unqualified, you feel unsure, you feel like you don't have what it takes, like you are not good enough and screw it because this is actually your time. You are made for these times. There's a, a, a reason why you are here. And so I just try and put out this really kind of powerful pounding message that there is a reason why you are alive today. And people have, uh, I think, resonated with it. They've kind of felt themselves stirred or kind of moved in some way. And again, this this can be in your own home, in your own neighborhood, in your own school, around the world. It doesn't matter. It's all about small things. And so can we just have our uh, eyes open to just seeing where the, uh, the world is uh, going and then how we can then fit into it? How do you think someone steps into or makes a shift into believing something's possible because I found that, you know, I was lucky and honestly privileged enough to have a family that told me I could do anything and I believed it. But, you know, stateside or not, uh, we often find that people don't even know the relationship with possibility is much different. So how have you combated that both, both with your organization, but also with people who are reading your book stateside? Yeah, I think there's no doubt, look, that, you know, being born where we happen to be born is a huge ad, uh, advantage. And if you don't think that that's true, you are kidding yourself, right? I mean, you, I, think, I think you and I both have, you know, been around the world to know that we have it really, really good. Let, like, let, let's just call it what it is. And to me, that alone, actually, we shouldn't feel bad about that or, you know, guilty that like we should see that as a huge opportunity and frankly, as a huge responsibility. Um, but to answer your question about kind of what do we do? I found that firstly, you have to go out every every single day, kind of eyes wide open thinking, okay, what, what, what is it today? Where am I being led today? Who am I being led to talk to, to connect with? What am I being led to think about? Really, it's kind of this kind of mindfulness, eyes open scenario that I think is so important. So many of us live in this kind of like, like little portal world where we kind of have, you know, the, uh, the uh, blinders on. And so I think the first thing is just taking off the uh, blinders and just forcing yourself 
yourself. And it can be hard. And frankly, it's often about putting down your phone, I think is actually a, a, yeah. a, a, a huge piece to it. And just being open. So first, just kind of like opening yourself up. I think there's a very, I, I kind of call it a like dangerous prayer if you put it in like a, a, a spiritual sense of just saying, hey, look, I'm open to whatever is happening here. You know, so I think that's kind of the, uh, the uh, first step. Secondly, I think there's like two kind of core things. One, it's then also when you see something, when you see your kind of little, what I call a moment of obligation, your little invitation, whatever it is, to take the, uh, the risk to kind of explore that. And again, that, that can be a relationship. It can be a little business idea. It can be a book, a art piece, whatever it is, you know, honestly. And then what I found again, is that we always say like, Oh, follow your, your, your passion. That's like the way to do it, right? Follow your, uh, your passion. And the reality though, is that we actually need to follow our time and that time is actually the, uh, the most important piece here. And what I, what I mean by that is where we put our time, that is actually kind of where we, like we then follow. Right. And so, if, you know, you have your like little thing, this like little idea pops up, if then you can just allot 30 minutes per day, right? 30 minutes per day to think about this thing, read about it, make a phone call about it, go for a walk and just marinate on it, whatever it is. When you put 30 minutes per day towards something, anything, be it, you know, what you're doing at the uh, gym versus a relationship or a business or whatever it is, it's amazing how that small amount of time, again, layers and layers and layers and layers. And that is how change happens in, in, in the, uh, the world. It's about small change over time. Yeah, it's a compound effect. I love it. So can you kind of share how you, what you've seen kind of these numbers have faces? What has been the impact in the organiz- in the, in the countries that you're working in? I know y'all are in Rwanda. I know kind of this, this vision and dream started to unfold in South Africa, but it looks like y'all are in the Congo and Burundi as well. Tell, tell me, tell me about that. Yeah, I think what's been so cool is that, you know, we've taken the same approach, small change over time uh, and invested in young people kind of once they hit high school, they hit college, they have a really important time in their life to decide, okay, where am I, you know, going to go? And so we then come in and really invest in them both within their education, but also relationally and with all types of of, of, uh, leadership skills and all that important stuff. We also run, and of course you will love this, we run a a really cool business accelerator called Called the Accelerate Academy, and it's a two-year program that empowers and enables and and invests in really remarkable young business leaders throughout Rwanda. And so some of the impact has been seeing, you know, 21-year-olds that grew up in a refugee a refugee camp without electricity who then get inspired and empowered and have some of the uh, tools and the resources to then start, you know, a little solar lantern company and then 3D print solar lanterns for their entire community and then go on to then sell those nationwide and see huge, huge growth. And so just seeing these amazing young people with just small little tools, you know, be able to then take them so much further. So we're seeing students, you know, hire you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 people. We're seeing them grow companies. We're seeing them re- release products and launch in- initiatives. Uh, we are seeing students graduate from from college and get awesome jobs and help out their whole families. So it's just this ri- ri- ripple effect of just kind of small connections along with our amazing staff that, uh, that has just seen really incredible things happen. Yeah, one thing I loved hearing you talk about was kind of your passion for keeping leaders in the nation that they, you know, 
rise up in and not, you know, trying to poach them to come live in the States for what we deem a better life. No, like we will, we can change the economy of nations by rising, by equipping leaders to be leaders in their nation. And I loved hearing you kind of talk about the fact that, you know, one of your students in your program had made 10 times what his parents made and then was able to send his siblings to school and and I just love the idea that opportunity yields more opportunity. Can you kind of talk about the effects that you've seen of that in the nations you're working in? Yeah, that's it. I mean, what we are really passionate about is about generational change. And so some of the data that you have seen that when a young person in these countries goes to college, you know, now their children are like 70 times more likely to then go to college themselves, right? And that is just this game-changing educational multiplier. And for us, I think it's also, as you step into really any work, frankly, it's about having that long game, kind of long-term, long vision that this isn't just about what you do today. It's about how this will impact people far after you are are gone. And I actually write about it in the book a lot, which is about incomplete work, which is about knowing that you are here for an important season, but then to then let that go and allow others to then pick up where you have left off. And so it's a huge just dream and goal of ours to, again, invest in these amazing young people and then, frankly, kind of get out of their their way and then just let them grow. And what I think we will see down the line, again, 10, 20, 30 years from now, is just so much bright, vibrant, amazing goodness because we did something small, but then even more than, uh, than uh, that, these amazing students and entrepreneurs then took that and then just grew it further. And frankly, their families and their communities are the ones who will actually benefit. And that's just a huge win for us across the board. That's so cool. So I love that you call, you know, Made for These Times, a startup guide to calling character and work that matters. And then just now talking about, I love talking about playing the long game. So, Mm -hmm. you know, for someone just getting started to step into what they feel like they were made to do, what would be your advice? Yeah, my advice is twofold. I think firstly, I mean, this is a real issue for us. I think you and I both, we faced it. Everyone faces it. We face the comparison game so heavily. And especially if you're online, you're seeing your friends doing cool stuff. You're always comparing yourself to others, right? And I think that so many people just get totally burned out when they look around them and they think, look, I'm trying to start this small little thing, but so many other people are just doing it so much better than I am. And so, you know, uh, I just shouldn't do it at all. Right. And then, and, and then they just kind of fall back into old routines and then feel stuck and then feel upset. Right. And so the way that I combat the comparison game and I, I battle this, I mean, honestly, every freaking day, <laughs> but what I do is whenever I see someone who's doing something amazing, Amazing, or I'm so inspired by them. It's a TED talk. It's a video. It's a whatever it is. And frankly, actually, it always comes from someone sending it to me and saying, Justin, you should learn from so-and-so or you should be like so-and-so. And I'm like, thanks, man. Like now I feel terrible, you know, so that's <laughs> a, that, like constant battle, right? But what I do is I have this mantra that I actually whisper to myself, I swear, like every other day. And what it is, is whenever I see something where I feel a little bit bad about it, I say, Justin, you have your story and they have, have, have their story. You have your story. They have their story. So it's this constant, I have my story. They have, have theirs. And actually just kind of that 
that mental kind of push to actually remembering that is so powerful to then, to then keep you going uh, going forward. And then secondly, I think that for anyone that's just getting started, we're so afraid of failure. We, we just battle that so often. And it's an important reminder, and I want to remind everyone who is hearing this, that the reality is most people are not thinking about you. And it's a really important thing to remember that we're all narcissists and that most often folks are thinking about themselves. And what this does is actually gives you license to go out, try stuff, risk, battle, go for it, and frankly fail. Because honestly, you may feel bad yourself, but most likely no one is actually paying attention. And that's actually a really freeing, like liberating thing too, to actually know that for the most part, you know, maybe your your spouse, maybe your mom, whatever else want to know what's up. But for the most part, most other, most other people will just be like, oh, cool. Like, what are you up to now? Like, all right, sounds good. You know, so it's actually really, really helpful. I'm coming at you in the middle of this episode because I have a special offer for you. This episode is brought to you by HoneyBook, and today they are our sponsor. I don't often take on sponsorships, but guys, I love HoneyBook. I love what they have allowed me to do with my business, and you know when I love something, I want to shout it from the rooftops. So I talk pretty often about finding ways of automating, streamlining, and designing your business so that you're not a slave to your work. Well, this has been the year of putting systems in place to delight and surprise the 60 plus clients I have the privilege of working with each and every month. Part of delighting my clients means not spending all of my time on the admin side of our work relationship. So I've really zipped up my business and I have HoneyBook to thank. They've helped me create a space where I can invoice clients with the option of recurring payments, track all our communications and manage our work together all in one place. Y'all, it's unreal. It's changed my life. They're professional, secure, and have customizable templates so that you can stay true to your brand and your voice. Being a seven on the Enneagram means that systems aren't necessarily my cup of tea, but I also want efficiency and excellence. HoneyBook made it so easy, y'all. It's amazing what it's done for my business and like I said when I have a software that I love I like to shout it from the rooftop so guys I have a little code for you share.honeybook.com slash Kelsey Chapman write that down it will also be linked up in the show notes and over on the blog post for this podcast episode on my website guys I'm a big fan and that code gives you 50% off for your first year I don't know about you guys but CRMs can be a little bit pricey. And so that 50% off is really going to make your client management ballin' and affordable this year. So excited. Check it out. Share.honeybook.com slash Kelsey Chapman for 50% off your entire first year. Yeah, have you ever had a moment where you feel like you truly failed? I I know I could totally talk about that. So I, 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 I can go next, but have you had a moment where you really feel like you failed? And, and for me, it feels like looking back in the moment, it feels truly awful, but it looks like you're in, in this span of time, it kind of feels like you paid tuition for a lesson that, you know, kind of changed your trajectory in a positive way. A lot of the time. 
Absolutely. I mean, goodness, the amount of initiatives that we that we started at these numbers have faces to try and raise money or to try and do a new program. And we spend so much time building it up. It's a campaign. We got like a sexy video. We got like all the cool stuff happening. And like no one responds to it, you know, and no one cares. And you look back at the the opportunity cost of what you spent on this thing. And that happens so often. Even with this book that I wrote, you know, that I put so much effort into and so much time. And I'm such this perfectionist about everything. You know, I've launched a few things, even just in the like lead up to the the, uh, book, a little giveaway here, an idea here, thinking, okay, this is really going to drive it. And like, no one cares. And that's been a real battle even now for me, you know, kind of 10 years on my, my, career has kind of like gotten going a little bit here. And just how do I respond to that and think, you know what, likely no one saw this and no, and like no one cares, which means no one is thinking about me. That's fine. Like, you know, just shut that part off. And I, I have to remind myself, like I'll be driving in my, uh, my car and I'll be yelling to myself, like, stop it stop it. It's fine. Like no one cares. Keep, keep going forward, keep going forward. You know, and it's that like so much of this stuff, I think it's frankly like our own battle within ourselves and just like, can we just keep fighting, keep, keep pushing. And I think when, when, you know, we can uh, do that, that's when good things happen. We start seeing little results fall our, uh, our way. And that's where we just have to then build upon those things day after day after day. I 100% agree. And yeah, I've definitely had those moments where, man, that launch, especially launches can be just the biggest, the biggest uh, dose of humility and, you know, just opportunities to be like, wow, this is not as big of a deal as I'm making it. It doesn't, I can't make it mean something that it doesn't about my identity or the the purpose and the, the impact of my life. Ultimately, it's it's just another day and it's just another part of the the story that makes up the entirety of your life. So, you know, for for you've done quite a lot in the last 10 years. Have you had mentors in this process? What would you say has kind of empowered you to kind of run the gamut with your dream, with what you're doing with these numbers have faces? Now you have a book. What would you say kind of the key to your success. I know you're living it, you're walking it out. Not every day feels monumental, but what has been really impactful for you? Yeah, I think the mentorship stuff is huge. And at the back of the book, I do kind of thank everyone that's helped get me here. And the list is quite long of all mentors kind of from college until now. And there's something about vulnerability and finding someone who you can trust to say, I don't know what I'm doing and this is not working right and I need help and can you be there for me? The best leaders, I think, are the ones who can accept when they are not doing well and can accept when they need help. And the ones that are wildly self-confident, the ones who proclaim that they've got it all sorted out, those are the ones I think kind of to be the most suspect of, to be honest with you. There's that authenticity that's so important. And most often that actually means to say, like, I am struggling. And so mentors in my life have been huge. That's been a really, really key piece again, from college to now, I'm trying to kind of gather as many people around me just to have coffee with or lunch with and who are just willing and able to listen. The next thing I think that has been so important that we just struggle in our kind of Western capitalistic world is finding rest. 
And this is my big battle. I'm constantly in my head, just dreaming and building and all the rest. And I have to schedule it out on my calendar, force it, and actually put in here, you got to go outside. You've got to go to your special spot. You know, And I have a few spots around, around the city that are mine where I just feel like I can just be me and be authentic and just let go. And so actually scheduling out rest – Taking that really, really seriously is so important. Um, I tell this great little story in the uh, the book about a South American tribe that is hiking through the uh, the forest, and they stop to uh, make make camp, even when they're not really tired. And what they say is that they are letting their souls catch up with their their bodies. And I just love that statement that there's times where we just have to stop and let our souls catch up with us because we can so often leave that behind. Because, again, we're just in a, uh, a place that's about bigger, better, foster, faster, stronger, produce, build, impact, which, again, is all good. But if we if we let that take over, we can actually hurt ourselves. We can hurt our families. We can actually and then, like, frankly, ruin our entire careers also if uh, we're not careful. Oh, I 100% agree. So have you had seasons where you've had to kind of change your relationship to rest? Because I know for me, I've definitely, you know, done the 80 hour work weeks, worked from kind of a manic state and then had to spend a year reprogramming myself. Yeah. I mean, that's, and, and, and how fortunate you are, you know, to even be able to understand that and have the space to re reprogram or, you know, whatever, because so many people, it just drives them to burnout and breakdown. And we're like, we're talking serious issues. I mean, mental health issues, uh, physical issues. I mean, we have real problems in this, in this country, especially around this, this issues. So, I mean, I've, I've been there, frankly, for me, I'm even doing this, uh, this, uh, book launch, you know, you know, everyone would see it on, on the outset and what I'm posting and the marketing drive and the publisher doing all the advertising and the videos and all the rest, everyone sees it as being great. But I mean, behind the scenes, like I was a mess, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and like, this is two, two weeks ago. Right. And even on one, one day, uh, I think it was a few days before the, uh, the uh, launch, I could, I could just tell, I just, I mean, I just wasn't able to work. I was like overwhelmed. There's too much stuff. I was freaking out about, you know, is, is anyone going to like this? And of course my self-worth is totally attached to it. My entire identity is in it and all the rest, you know, which is so dangerous. And I just knew that I had to just get out. And so I went to this, this cool little, um, it's called the, uh, the uh, grotto. Uh, it's out in a, in a Portland and it's these amazing gardens and shrines and things. And I got to just kind of be there and turned off my phone and walked around and was just kind of really just letting it all out and kind of praying through the process and trying to figure out who am I in this. And the, the word that I got, the sense that I got, the thing that was so powerful that kind of pulled me back, honestly, was this phrase, which is you are enough. And I think that this concept of reminding ourselves and, we, and and I think actually helping others realize it in themselves that we are enough. And that was such an important kind of releasing moment for me to be like, I'm enough. And you know what, whether this book succeeds or fails, doesn't matter. You know, I have a family who loves me. I have friends who love me. I am enough. And again, I think there's so much of this stuff that we want to build. We want to do amazing things. We, we want to do all of this. But if we ne- neglect the like deepest parts of ourselves, our authentic selves, we're not going to make it. And there's something really important about putting value on that. 
Yeah, one one kind of topic I really like to discuss is stewardship, and you know, feel, you know, especially as millennials, we feel like we have this huge purpose to carry into the world. And I mean, that's my whole brand is you have a purpose, let's bring it to life. But you know, on the flip side of that, we make that our whole identity. And I think it's really that learning how to rest, learning how to go slow. And really, it's it's in my time spent in tiny little villages that I've learned how to slow down. It's not always ideal. It feels like I learn the same exact lesson every single time because I like to live in the fast lane. But I, I really feel like learning how to rest is the key to longevity and the key to stewarding your vision for the long haul. Have you found that your time spent, you know, abroad in these countries you're working in has taught you a little bit more about what's what really matters yeah absolutely absolutely i think that in many ways kind of in the west here be it the u.s or canada or europe or whatever else we think that you know that we have the monopoly on all things that are important or powerful or you know because we can monetize them or put them on tv or you know market them or whatever else and gosh, I think the thing that I learned so often is the way that people prioritize family. Uh, I think that, again, we battle that too here. And I have uh, one young daughter and one son on the way here in about three weeks. So oh. we're gearing up, gearing up for that. And again, so often our vision, our passion, our uh, purpose can come to a head uh, and can be in conflict with the things that actually should, you know, matter most to us, which is what's happening in our, in our home with our spouse or with our family or kids or, you know, parents or, you know, whatever. And so, yeah, when I travel around and I see the way that people, I think, frankly, put family first in ways that, you know, we, we don't in some ways, the way that they share homes, the way that they share meals, the way that they take off work to ensure that family is, uh, is in first place there or the top priority. That's a huge, huge learning thing. And I think as well, I mean, even on the uh, the business side, I know you know this term, which is Africa time, uh, which again is this kind of slower pace that things happen. And that can be so frustrating, especially as again, kind of a Western go, go-getter. I want to build and start and create and inspire. And there's something there of just, you know what, like, Things will happen when they are uh, are uh, meant meant to, and I think that like, we like, we can just drive ourselves without without meaning to, even with the best intentions, we can just drive ourselves crazy, you know. Yeah. And I think that there's this piece where forcing ourselves, you know, to slow down, to to get outside, to prioritize real relationships, not just ones on our phone or on Instagram. Those are kind of the long-term things. And I think that for people that are made for, for these times, that's, you know, what I'm like, what I'm calling folks who, uh, who uh, read my, uh, my book. If you are made for these times, there's something about setting yourself apart, about being different. And that, that in a, in a many ways is actually kind of rejecting the, you know, culture on speed and tech technology and all the rest and work and you know whatever else and actually doing things differently for the uh, the uh, long game for sure for long term impact for sure but also for the sake of your own family and also for the sake of your own soul yeah i mean because if we if we i found you know especially working in ministry in these feel good, do good organizations, if we, you know, have an audience or an impact, if we're truly changing the world with what we're doing, but our family is dying, we're missing it. Like our family is first to steward and how the heck are we supposed to truly leave an impact that's respectable if we can't get it right with our families, but have this, you know, audience that thinks we're amazing. 
It's a total battle. I mean, it's one thing if you were doing it because, you know, you work for Google or Netflix or Facebook and there's kind of that like culture around working 80 hours a week and kind of leave it all there. And like your family is your corporate, you know, family or whatever else. And yet for those of us that are doing something different that have maybe that, you know, entrepreneurial entrepreneurial bent or if there's a, a ministry or a nonprofit or something that, again, is like more purpose driven, you know, frankly, we can be as purpose driven as, you know, we want and think that we're about impact and all the rest. But if you're suffering on on the inside and if your family is suffering at home, you are doing it wrong. And I think that's a real lesson for for all of us that that, again, see ourselves on the like good side of things. We all want to do good stuff and be a part of a, a social business or a social mission or whatever it is. But again, if we aren't, you know, doing it right on kind of all sides in this holistic vision, there's just something wrong. And frankly, you're actually going to, like, you're going to burn out and you're probably going to hurt people close to you. And again, I think that your actual, like who you are, your authentic self is going to suffer. And that's really kind of what I've learned so much over the last 10 years of leave, of, uh, of uh, leading this organization and actually tran- transitioning from it in, in the last six, six months or so is about all of, of that. And so a lot of what I hope the, uh, the uh, book is, is also a warning, but also a reminder and kind of a empowering piece to anyone getting going here uh, to just follow some of these core concepts here. I mean, I call made for these times a field guide or a uh, blueprint because I think that folks can just learn something from it to really avoid some of the mistakes that I made too. I think it's leaders like you who are willing to be transparent about the mistakes we make in hopes that someone can avoid them and, you know, go a little bit further with their purpose. I mean, thanks. Thank you for that. Like, I think we, we need that. And I think we need people who are willing to just be transparent so we don't feel alone when we screw up because it's inevitable. One thing I love that, you know, kind of is said in the bio of your book is a life of significance isn't about what you're doing. It's about who you're becoming. What kind of was the lesson that taught you that? Gosh, yeah. You know, it's been... I think, again, small things layered kind of upon each other throughout this whole journey, you know, that has taught me that. But, you know, in the end, the people that I've seen, the people that I've looked up to in the for-profit sector, in the non-profit sector, in ministry, you know, whatever it is, the people that I've really realized are the, the real deal, you know, the actual change makers, the ones that aren't just on the cover of Forbes magazine or, you know, whatever else who are, who are doing it for, so they can sell products on Instagram or, you know, whatever, (laughs) um, the real deal, the real change makers in the world are the ones who have realized that it's not about what they are actually doing. It is about who they are becoming and then actually inviting people in to an authentic vision of that. And that, if we can go out as leaders and not just do cool stuff or like, you know, help people or whatever, but actually authentically, you know, really change people from the inside out. It's about human transformation. You know, we can provide as much aid, as much education or business startup capital or all the stuff that I love. It's awesome. So important. And I've gotten that in my life and it's so critical, but actually this is about human transformation. And why else are we here, you know, to be honest with you? Like, why else are we on earth, if not to deeply impact the lives 
of others, to have them be changed and have us be changed throughout the whole process. And that I think is my, what I found is kind of my deep passion in this. Yes, it's about doing great work and impact and all the rest, but it's also about who are people becoming through that process. When you're alone in your house by yourself and reflecting on who you are, I mean, that is just the most vital thing of all. And there's a deep, again, human and spiritual and kind of transformative piece in that. And so I just want to encourage anyone that's struggling with this and trying to figure out where they fit and how do I do this and how do I do that? And am I going to be important and do I have value and all the rest? Actually, what it's about is, is about transforming the lives of other people around you. And that is like the actual human calling on us. That's why we are friggin' here. And so you can do that in small, tiny ways. And there's massive success in that. And even if no one knows about it and you don't make it in the, uh, the uh, paper, it doesn't matter. And it's that deep humility, authentic piece that I think we just need to strive after as humans who are trying to do good in the world. I 100% agree. Couldn't agree more. So what's next for you? What, what are you, obviously you probably have a a few months where you're going to get to be with your family, with your new baby on the way. I can't believe you had a book launch three weeks before a baby. That is quite an undertaking, or I guess five weeks, but what's next? I'm really excited. I know you just launched a new organization. Am I right? Giving Fuel? Yes, I'm doing a few things. So yeah, kind of, you know, had my baby here last last <laughs> week. My wife's going to have her baby. Uh, so, you know, we're in that. Yeah, what's next? So I've successfully transitioned from these numbers have faces after 10 years. And again, it's all positive. It's about coming to that place where I knew that it's time for someone else to take over and it's time for, for someone else to drive this thing forward. And that was a really positive thing. And I actually write about it in the uh, the uh, book a lot that surrender is love, that there are times where, where we have to surrender the things that we love. Love so that then then they 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 can then outgrow beyond us right and so we have a new director who is uh, leading us and it's been great and things are going awesome and so I just love being a founder and but not having to be in there every day and that's that's been great so did the uh, book launch here which is great I am launching a video course here I think before the baby comes if I can <laughs> finalize it we'll see and it's called how to start a fire transforming you to transform the world. And so it's a five part video course, uh, how to start a fire. And it's going to be free. Just kind of, you put in your, uh, your email and you get a, uh, a video every day for five days. And it's kind of just me going through a lot of these major themes of, uh, of, of the book made for these times. So, so they're like five, five minute videos. And so I'll be launching that here, hopefully in the next few weeks. Um, and really excited about some folks getting practical tools from me and just a chance to connect with folks and just really kind of mentor and lead them. My main just vision what I love doing is just being someone's guide, being their Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, like leading them through. I think I, th- I think we have a, a similar heart yeah. in that. And so I'm going to be launching that. And then, yeah, then I also am a part of an established company called Giving Fuel. And it's this really powerful fundraising platform that is empowering thousands of uh, nonprofits to uh, to raise money all over the world. And so I help lead the kind of strategic efforts of that. And so that's kind of my you know, tech software side that I, I like doing too. So, and then, you know, I am meeting with my uh, my agent next next week and he saw the sales from some of the uh, the, uh, the like book, just kind of how it, it was, uh, was uh, doing. And he called me up. He's like, hey man, you want to do the, uh, the uh, next book? Like, what do you think? And I'm like, oh my gosh, man, are you serious? Like, Here we go. I can, I, I, I can barely, like, I almost died doing uh, this one. So, so we'll see. Maybe that's uh, coming too. 
Wow, very cool. Well, I will definitely link up your new course in the show notes and I'm really excited. I am so glad you got to join me today. Where can everyone find you online? Yep. So it's just uh, justinzerati.com is my website where you can you know watch the trailer video for the book and uh, sign up for the, the uh, new course and get my uh, email newsletter. I do a, a fair amount of writing. So like every month, like a few blogs about some of this stuff. And um, so that and then um, uh, you can pick up the book on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or kind of wherever else you uh, buy books, uh, Kindle, audiobook. Uh, they even hilariously have MP3 CDs of it. Oh. So if you are into the cross country road trip and want to pop that bad, bad boy in on your uh, drive, you know, you can do that too. <laughs> uh, and then of course I'm on Facebook and Instagram and uh, Twitter just as uh, at Justin Zarati. Awesome. Well, we will be linking that up. I know the Radiant Tribe's going to love to check out what you're doing. I love that you're releasing that course and then, I've got your book on the way already. So I'm just so excited that we got to chat today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much, Kelsey. It was awesome. Hey, don't go yet. I would love it if you go over to iTunes right now and leave a review. I love hearing your feedback and it really makes a difference in getting the Radiant Podcast name out there. And while you're at it, why don't you subscribe and then share this episode on Facebook or Instagram or wherever your social media platform is of choice. Lastly, I'd love to keep up with each other. Come find me on Instagram at Kels Chapman and let's get to know each other.